0: Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. Command codes verified.
1: Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio.
0: Hi, it's Wes Johnson and John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those
1: from you when we're done.
0: Yeah, uh, I am super bummed that I missed the conversation about fucking John Cryer as Lex Luthor, because what? (laughs) What? (laughs) What is going on?
1: (laughs) Well, see, the great thing about this, Mr. Rambo, is that you can now tip in. Like, you've heard what we talked about, so you literally can be like, hey, wait a second. I got shit to say, too.
0: So, Well, so I I haven't listened to the episode. I just saw that was one of the topics. Yeah. And I'm very divided because of the things that that Supergirl show does wrong, which are, there are several, like the writing's not great. It's, it's okay. It's good enough to keep you interested, but not necessarily good enough to keep you there. Um, one of the things it does really well is casting. Like Melissa Benoist is amazing. She's exactly who I would want for Supergirl. Um, I'm almost across the board. These are all like really talented people doing a really good job. Yep, and Tyler Hoakland has been fucking phenomenal as Superman, and so I'm just like, maybe they saw something in an interview or an audition that I just have not seen yet. I look forward to be being to be uh, being proven wrong, but good lord, I wouldn't have cast him in a thousand years of guesses, and yet here we are. See, so I'm the exact opposite. Like I, I
1: think that this was a a bold move on their part because they didn't go the safe route. They didn't go with, oh well, we could just choose that 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 chode that was on Smallville. Let's just throw that guy out here. Like <laughs> I mean, because like they literally could have just recycled any butthole that's ever played Lex Luthor before, and people would have been like, eh, yeah. whatever, fine, cool, you know, and just and like dealt with it. But instead, they chose somebody that was just kind of like, huh, all right, well, let's let's see what they're gonna do with this one. Like it was enough to stir interest, but also too. John Cryer's not a bad actor. Like that's that's the thing is like the dude has some chops and like the thing and we were, we talked about this on the podcast is everybody sees him as this like meek kind of beta male from Two and a Half Men and mm-hmm. from all the uh, John Hughes movies that he was in but like he and Lenny Luther from Superman Four but like yeah. he's he, he's got some range and I think that like the way I'm picturing him almost is remember when they were doing the um, the death and life of Superman stuff and you didn't really technically have a quote-unquote Lex Luthor. You had, um, what was it, Alexander Luthor that was like yeah. his his son, but it turned out that it wasn't actually his son. It was actually Lex Luthor just pretending to be a nice guy. Like, yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I got that I could see Cryer doing because Cryer's like, hey, look, I'm nice. Hey, look, <laughs> all right, all right. And then all of a sudden you get this dark side and it's just like, wait a minute, okay. I, I could see where they might be doing something like that. Like, oh, you've gotten this reputation. I don't know why I've gotten this reputation. I'm this nice guy. Come on, like, look at me. Do I look like a mean guy? And then, all of a sudden, we, we get some more of that. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we—that's—that's yeah. that's ultimately what it comes down to. And like you said, for the most part, their casting has been pretty
2: good. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt here for us to at least see. You know how they bring him in and what kind of story arc they they give him when they when they bring him in to see you know whether or not he's the right guy to pull it off yeah i yeah
1: and and it's I think with this uh, and and really a part of our conversation went towards this Rambo was that if they're gonna bring Superman's biggest villain into supergirl it I think it means we're gonna get more Superman,
0: yeah, which I'm always down for yes. that, yeah yeah i i I very recently um, erased a bunch of episodes of Supergirl from my DVR. I was like, I'm, just, I'm not going to watch this. I don't care enough. But the second that they announced the Elseworlds thing, and I saw that Tyler Hoechlin was going to be back on the show, I made sure that I was <laughs> recording all of that shit. Because um, <laughs> I want all of the crossovers, and I definitely want him as Superman. Anything I can do to, like, nudge anybody in the direction of, like, yeah, let's let's get more... Of him that yeah that's awesome
2: yep. uh
0: i'm all about
2: yep also i also made the point uh the other day too that with them pushing like man of, like them not doing any more uh superman films as far as they we know going forward that they they have the opportunity to now do more with them on supergirl because usually these the, the major characters are off limits for you know the Arrowverse shows but yeah. with them not doing any any Superman movies, I mean, they can do they could probably bring in as much uh, do as much Superman as they want.
1: Well, and really they, too, when you when you think about it, um, Superman as much as we like seeing the movies, as much as like the epic stuff that Superman does is nice. It, it's also there, there's a certain part of Superman that is kind of serialized and that needs to you need to have some backbone for him before you start killing him. And and, he, and here's my justification for that. So like in Batman vs Superman you've seen Superman in one other movie at this point, yeah. Man of Steel, and then he's dead. That's There's yeah. no impact to that because yep. we haven't established a love of Superman like all of those kids who had been reading Superman comic books for years when Superman actually died. It's the same thing that Star Trek in the Darkness did when they had Khan uh, show up in the second movie. And, and mind you, this is 30 years before they actually met... Khan and Star Trek to the Rathacon in the prime universe so that mm-hmm. impact doesn't exist yet so you're basically forcing us to accept that this guy's a villain and that he's going to kill somebody and it's going to be really really sad well, well no it's not because you're forcing this this really really epic thing that happened in another timeline right now because you're lazy when it comes to writing and like if we're going to get a TV series out of this, then we can establish a Superman that's been around for four, five, six, seven seasons. So that if God forbid, something like that does happen, then it actually is going to be like, damn, this sucks. And it, it will actually mean something instead of just being meaningless set dressing. Like it was in the uh, Batman versus Superman. And I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off there Rambo. It's okay.
0: Man. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's the same, absolutely the same kind of thing in terms of, I mean, this goes back to I, I honestly thought, when we talked about it. Like, I thought that Snyder had some sort of emotional disorder and didn't actually wasn't actually able to process human emotion like a, a normal functioning person. And that's not a joke. Like, seriously, like I really believed that. Um, and then I was like, oh no, no, I, I read up on him, and, and no, he's just an objectivist. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. He's got this fucking Steve Ditko thing going on where he's like, the past doesn't matter. So whatever you've done before has nothing, no bearing on this. It's whatever you do right now. So okay, great. Superman's an asshole, or he, or he's just like weird and distant and apathetic. The whole movie. That's fine. Um, but he saved everybody at the end. He's a hero. Everybody loves him. I'm like what? Wait, fucking what? I, okay.
1: <laughs> that's not how characters work. <sighs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's I, a, that's a
0: whole other. Yeah. um, I give up. Yeah. I really yeah. actually
1: like quick aside too, guys, and and this might actually have to be a whole separate episode, and we'll we'll just get just kind of just a tease, you know, just a tip for just a second. Um, Paul Schrader, director and writer of Taxi Driver, recently mm-hmm. came out and said something pretty interesting. He said that um, m- people are saying movies aren't as good as they were, and directors are not as good as they were in the seventies, right? He's like, no, it's not the directors, it's not the movies, it's the audience, and. I was like, that's quite a mic drop that you just did there, Paul Schrader. Like, that was that was kind of... It's not a dick move, but he made a really good point. And I, I think we'll have to revisit this at some other time. Because we are here for a purpose. There is a purpose to our ramblings and meandering of, uh, of conversation this evening. Guys, it's this very special second, third, fourth, fifth episode. I don't even know. We've done like a million in the last couple <laughs> of days of GGR Pirate Radio. We're here to do... And, and we had done them in a written... Uh, version before. We called them the splash pages, where what it was is I did one for Big Hero 6 before that movie came out. Uh, we did one for The Kingsman. Uh, we did one for Ant-Man. For comic book movies that are coming out where maybe somebody doesn't really know a whole lot about a particular character. Or, you know, just a little bit about them. And you want to know more before you go into the, uh, into the movie. Because uh, it looks interesting to you. Well, that is our objective tonight. We are going to be talking about Aquaman. And the reason why I have these two folks on, uh, that's uh, Mr. M.C. Brooks. Yep. And I've also got comic expert and just overall story guru extraordinaire, Mr.
0: James Rambo. Well, I don't know about expert. That is lofty. Well, compared to the rest of us. Fucking nerd. There's a big goddamn nerd on the show. There you go. We're going to talk about comic cool. books. He's yeah, there a guy. Go.
1: He knows things. He knows more about these things than I know, and that's why I brought him on as an expert. His name is James Rambo. Um, He knows a lot more about Aquaman than I do, but more importantly, uh, Aquaman of this storyline, this particular character type that they're going to do, um, because really the only Aquaman I can think of is like your blonde-haired, blue-eyed, um, orange T-shirt, like green briefs wearing dude from super Friends, which is just like hey i can talk to this whale and then he'd make that cool noise as he used his tele- telepathy and the whoop, 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 whoop and then all of a sudden the whale was doing whatever he wanted um but this aquaman is apparently a lot different so we will get into that in just a moment but let's go ahead and hit that theme music because here is another episode of ggr pirate radio <laughs> You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag.
2: This is called Pirate Radio.
0: Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns Uh. are for jerks.
2: (laughs) Run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah, th- same damn thing. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. I do. I do. I do.
0: do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? You the great pirate Wobbles. is here for you, sir.
2: Pain heals. takes dig scars. Glory. Last forever. If
0: you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she ah! will... Oh, I the box?
2: Killer, you son of a... This is called Pilot Radio. Oh man! You know what? What's that? We, lo- we lost that theme music you gave us the other day. Oh no no no! Well, I, I had that. <laughs> so that made the episode. <laughs> yeah. So
0: <laughs> at one point we have the geek sheets thing, Rambo, where like it's the you know the,
1: the um the Morse code where it's like yeah. I did that, and they were like got they were like Mike, you have to actually just use you doing that instead of the actual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, no, action news. And now your host, Mike Lutford. I'm <laughs> totally going to use that, too. <laughs> I'm going to cut that and use that from now on. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And, <laughs> and the drums come in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Geeky News Bulletin.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is the Great Geek Refuge. This is our podcast. The podcast for the Great Geek Refuge is GGR Pirate Radio. Check out our website. It is com. We have a plethora, an overabundance, if you will, of articles and podcasts about geeky and nerdy things. You can check them all out there right on the website. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are all the places that you like to see things and do things and all of those fun things on the internet. But joining me for this special episode of GGR Pirate Radio, I have the wonderful and illustrious Mr. MC Brooks. Yo. I have the talented... And thoughtful, Mr. James Rambo.
0: <laughs> Howdy, folks.
1: We are talking about Aquaman today. In fact, we'll probably start talking about Aquaman, but as we tend to do, we'll probably talk about a bunch of other shit too, because that's just kind of how this podcast rolls. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do this particular one with this particular set of folks here is, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because, like, because I'm a nerd. And I was trying to figure out, like, what is GGR like in comparison to, like, comic books teams, right? Because we're not, the, we're not, like, you can't say that we're, like, the Batman family, you know, where it's, like, you know, you've got Batman, the one guy who's, like, the one running everything. And then, you know, he's got his little sidekicks and shit like that. Um, we're more like the X-Men because we have different configurations that run in different episodes, so sometimes Yuli will show up, and I guess, I mean, let's see. Yuli's old, so he would be Wolverine, right? Like we can all agree with that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's gonna love this when he hears it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Either Wolverine or uh, or Magneto, because no, he's not. A, he's not as jaded Is- as Magneto. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he would be Wolverine. Yeah, because he's not against us, right? I mean, he's got his own thing. True. Yeah, Wolverine has his own thing too. So. Yeah. But, yeah, we're like the X-Men. This is our our, our blue team configuration where it's uh, James Rambo, MC Brooks, and myself. Um, but I brought Rambo on because a while back, on one of your first episodes that you did, Rambo, you were uh, regaling the group in telling stories of some of the storylines of some of the comic books you read. And we were talking about Aquaman, and you were saying in particular, you're like, dude, if they do this particular run where, like, he's fighting, like, fish people, and that sounds stupid, but the fish people are, like um, – the anglerfish, where yeah. they got those freaky eyes and those big giant teeth, and this actually might be pretty dope. So, this is our splash page for the man who can talk to fish, the man who is the king of the ocean, uh, Aquaman himself. Uh, Rambo, give us a little bit of, of insight on this guy. What's so different about this particular Aquaman that we're going to be seeing
0: in the movies? Well, so, I mean, so uh, I'll go back a little bit uh, earlier than that. Just in general, let's let's dispel this notion that um, pop culture has created that Aquaman sucks, which is just not true. It, it, it's, uh, it comes back for, back to um, the Funimation cartoons uh, with, with the Justice League wherein everyone sucked. Uh, the Flash would be running in circles for no good reason, um, <laughs> and it would, it would basically fall to uh, uh, Superman at some point to do something to somehow magically help, help save everyone. Um, everyone was fucking lame in that, in those cartoons. Um, (laughs) and what has happened is it has become a very pop in the same way that, like, you know, uh, um, play it again, Sam is not an actual quote from Casablanca. Um, but everyone, you know, quote unquote knows it to be the quote from Casablanca. Uh, Aquaman sucks has become a pop culture, um, you know, factoid in that, Everyone knows Aquaman sucks, but he doesn't actually at all. Um, If you think about from a practical standpoint, who Aquaman is and what he can do, he is the king of Atlantis. He is super strong. He has super dense skin because he can live. uh, He lives underwater. Um, He can withstand enormous pressure because, again, he lives underwater. Uh, Just from a practical standpoint, Atlanteans are, you know, far superior to human beings in terms of physicality. But one of the things that's special about him is he can, you know, Oh, he talks to goldfish. No, he can control sea life with his mind. Um, so, Hey, you know, what lives underwater. Oh, fish and like, like guppies and shit. Yeah. Sharks, sharks, fucking sharks and krakens and goddamn Cthulhu and shit live underwater. So Aquaman is able to control all of these animals. Um, that's dope. Like every now and then he'll show up like riding a shark, like a fucking great white. You're like, oh yeah, that's badass <laughs> because it is. Um, so so yeah. Let 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 let's now we've gotten like that out in the open. This idea that Aquaman sucks needs to be done with and gotten rid of. And I, I implore you and everyone else listening. The next time you hear someone say, "Oh Aquaman's stupid," ask them what they've read because. It has been my go-to to shut down dumb bullshit. Um, is oh great? What part of you, of this are you familiar with? And if the answer is nothing, you can do one of two things: you can be the condescending nerd and be like, "Oh yeah, well, shut your goddamn mouth," or you can, you know, be the you know hand outstretched nerd where you're trying to help them, you know, get past their 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 silly uh, uh, preconceived notions um, and recommend something to them. Um, so. The modern retelling of, or, of, of Origins is, is, is a big combination of a bunch of things. Um, but my favorite version of it is from about 1989. Um, what happens is uh, Queen of Atlantis gives birth to a baby. Uh, that baby is blonde hair and blue eyed and everybody loses their goddamn minds. Because the last Atlantean that was born that looked like that uh, was a guy named Cordax. And Cordax was a dick, um, and he he basically did his best to try and overthrow Atlantis and take control of it. Um, he also uh, uh, had control over sea life. Um, and when he was when he was adult, he tried to uh, he came back to Atlantis after being um, uh, banished, I believe. Um, and he uh, just yeah did his best to to try and take the place over um, and when he disappeared, uh, some years later for various reasons, comic books involved, um, there was this, there was thought to be this, this sort of curse that he would eventually reappear in some form. So when, uh, baby Orin, as he's known as, as his Atlantean name is born, uh, and he has blonde hair, they're like, fuck that, kill that baby. Um, and so he's left on mercy reef, which is, Uh, Um, this reef near the shore that at low tide is fully exposed. And, um, a lot of Atlanteans, if they're exposed to air, it's, it's like human beings being exposed to water. You know, you can't breathe it. So you will suffocate and die. Um, but for, you know, various reasons, um, little baby Orin survives. Uh, he is taken in by a local lighthouse keeper named Arthur Curry, who raises the boy as his own uh, names him after himself. Uh, and, you know, reveals years later that he was, uh, uh, yeah, he found him as a baby and, and, you know, he has this tie to Atlantis and to the, into the ocean and all of this. And so Aquaman's story overall, uh, is this story of an exiled, exiled royalty who returns to his kingdom to claim the throne. Um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: It's that, very, very Lord of the Rings esque in you a way can
0: do some, you can do some yep. awesome sword and sorcery shit with that. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Busick did a story called, uh, well, it, it was Aquaman, uh, sword of Atlantis, um, some years ago. Um, that was that exact thing. It was, it was just a straight up, you know, like Lord of the Rings underwater story. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's got some, some hits and misses in there. Um, but, you know, anything that's been around for 60 plus years is going to be good and bad. So with the with this movie, it looks like what they've done is taken some bits and pieces of that, of the of the, the various comic origins um, and, you know, remixed them a little bit to to make it work for the story. Uh, it seems as though the Queen of Atlantis has been exiled for some reason or is on the run and. Um, and you know, meets and falls in love with, uh, this kindly lighthouse keeper who takes her in after he finds her, you know, in, in, uh, some pretty rough shape. Uh, they fall in love. She has a baby and he is, and that's, that's, you know, that's Aquaman. Um, mm-hmm. we, they, they did some really slick shit in that they, um, I mean, when well, casting Jason Momoa, who has like, you know, a ridiculous amount of charm and charisma, um, uh, uh, that's never a bad idea. But also, you know, casting a man of color, uh, they didn't shy away from that in the actual making of this movie. Uh like when they cast him for um for Justice League, uh, you know, it was a great idea. Uh and they were like, All right, well, yeah, he's he's a brown guy, so let's let's get another brown guy. So they got a Mao reactor. To, uh, uh Kiwi, um, no, he's my reactor, uh to play uh, Arthur Curry, to play the, the lighthouse keeper. Um, and so we get an actual, like, you know, brown Aquaman. Sounds good. Um, well, and especially, yeah, too, because yeah.
1: I feel like this particular character, like, there's been a lot of clamoring about it. I mean, like, when, you know, we're not going to bring up the whole Witcher movie, or movie uh, TV series thing. We're not going to start with that shit, but, like... aquaman's identity is not tied to his color or his race right you know this is not yeah so like i think that this is honestly like you want to talk about inclusivity man here's your chance man take aquaman somebody that kind of most people kind of think is a a dweeb anyways and like let's let's make Make him him let's make him cal drago let's make him conan the barbarian like let's make this dude let's make this dude fierce and like i already already like i have friends that are not even remotely interested in Aquaman. But then they're just like, wait a minute, who's this shirtless guy
2: walking around?
1: I think I'm gonna yeah. have to go see this with my husband. Who and is I'm like this
2: yep. beautiful yep. man. Right. <laughs> um who and I think, I think and I think his this depiction of him is absolutely going to help the perception that he's had over these years also. Cause they totally <laughs> oh. revamped his look from like from from that old Justice League cartoon where you know he's short blonde hair and the kind of corny looking costume and like this one he looks totally different and you know way more badass like who who like you gonna make a joke out of this aquaman sure
0: well the thing that i really appreciate about what they're doing like james Wan is a guy that i would never have thought to get to make a comic book movie he's a horror director he makes horror movies like if you wanted to make like an american vampire movie sure get james Wan, absolutely but to do a straight up superhero story, that's that—that's an interesting choice. And then it hit me the other day. It was, it was, it was actually when the, um, the most recent trailer dropped for this movie. Um, I was watching it and it clicked like, oh, he's perfect to do this. Because if you're someone who tells horror stories, you have to be someone who is like, there's no shying away from this concept. We're not gonna wink at the camera. We're not gonna be like, Yeah, but this is silly, right? And try and get away from it. If you're telling horror stories and they're not just straight up slasher stories, if there's anything supernatural involved of any kind, you have to lean into your concept. That
1: is a really good point. Yep. That is and yeah. so
0: you know, when he got brought on and and, and, and particularly after I saw like the you know, the first trailer and then the, the one the most recent one, I'm like, Yeah, he's just like, Yeah, they like fucking right giant seahorses, why wouldn't they? Who, who fucking knows? Yeah, but that yeah.
1: explains why the Spider-Man movies that Sam Raimi made weren't bad. Like the first, in, the first yep. two were good. Yeah, like the, yeah. the third one was was shit. But that wasn't really his fault. That was more Sony's fault. But like, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And like, and yeah, wow, damn, man, that just really—that's a great point. Yeah, that's a really good <laughs> point. Yeah,
0: and it's it's one of those. And, and and when I had that revelation, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, no, that's that's exactly why you get a guy like this. I mean, well, shit, James Gunn. James Gunn, you know, was you know cut his fucking teeth on trauma films, which are absolutely ridiculous. But if you want to have it work in any way, shape, or form, you cannot shy away from it. You can you can poke fun at it. You can you can talk about how silly it is. But at a certain point, you have to be like, but yeah, this is what this is the story. Yeah, this it's it, it's a guy who like fell into toxic waste and it didn't kill him. It turned him into a like a badass superhero guy while mutating his body. That, that's it. That's the story. Um, <laughs> and with, so deal
1: with it, it's happening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't have to like it, but that's what the movie is. So if you don't like it, turn it off. Um, but yeah, so, so things like, you know, a guy who can talk to fish and shit like, yeah, that, that's, that's how it works. And what, God, one of the things that you see real quick in this most recent trailer is, you know, you were talking about, Mike, you were talking about the, um, the animation thing with like the you know, when, when he would like control, uh, animals, you see Aquaman, like sc- sort of like intently looking at something off off camera, and you can see rings of water moving across, like for, like like from his forehead. He's doing the fucking thing, like they're sh- like they're physically showing that he's like sending like you know uh, um you know brainwaves and shit to some kind of animal to either call something or control something. Um, and it's like that is ridiculous and it's wonderful. You know, there's so much bright color in this movie, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so fucking jazzed about that. But anyway, I, I, I started all that to say, um, uh, um, Marcus, what you had mentioned about, you know, the costume being kind of like goofy looking. If you look at the costume he's got by the end of this movie, yeah. seen it, it's straight up the old costume. It is, you know, the, the the pebbled orange scale male and the bright green gloves and shit. Um, there, you know, he's leaning into this in a way that a lot of people would shy would have shied away from, and you know, and, and and it's not fair to to sort of to suggest that you know the the character we'd seen in previous movies, um, you know, in, in this case, Batman vs Superman and um, and Justice League was really shying away from it that much. The colors were muted, but they were still there. Like, if you look at the original costume that we got that Momo was wearing, where he had, like, the sort of, like, the the one shoulder piece, um, like a single arm kind of gauntlet thing, that is 100% the 90s Aquaman when he had the hook hand. Straight up. That is absolutely that design. It just, you know, the colors look a little different. Um, and so, you know, with this movie instead, what they're doing is – uh, they're just going more and more like, 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 you can see the sort of the evolution of it where it's like, okay, well, this is like, you know, quote unquote badass, so that's what we're gonna get. And then Justice League was more of the armor, but not like realistic, I don't want to say realistic, but you know, a little more, um, grounded, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And with this, um, James Wan is like, nope, C- cartoon, fucking cartoon, we're doing, <laughs> you, you don't, yeah, again, if you don't like it, get off this train. Um, and in the same way that you know you can, there's no reason in the world to to get rid of Superman's trunks because, sure, this is what Kryptonians wore. That's that's just a thing. You oh, yeah. is that dumb? All right, great. Well, it's an alien culture, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um,
1: really. Like, right. <laughs> let's, let's take let's let's take the right. the underwear over top of the pants off of the costume because that's dumb. But the fact that a a guy who has a big giant cape flapping behind him can fly and he has laser vision and he mm-hmm. can blow so cold that it freezes things yep that that's that's not dumb but the the underwear yeah, you're fine over with top, all of that yeah, that that's the dumb part like, but
0: that's where they lost you they lost you <laughs> at the fucking trunks okay fine also batman does that thing that shit too so fuck off <laughs> um
1: everybody does it like the, like, yes. like ha- half the damn x-men yeah. have their underwear over top of their pants for some reason I don't Yeah, in
0: all yeah well, I mean, I mean because yeah. Superman, men. It yeah. all came co- goes back to circus strongmen. Yeah. And how that was just the outfit they wore. That was it was just the the look. Um and you know Superman is the first and so he set the standard. Like this is what it looks like. Um but uh yeah, you can do whatever kind of crazy goofy shit you want with this character because you're like yeah, it's an alien civilization. Um that they yeah, they live underwater. Yeah. The, the the first time I saw one of the um not a megalodon and it's not an ichthyosaurus but there's a specific dinosaur that i can't blank on the name of it it has like a a, like an alligator head um somebody's riding one of those mosasaurus yeah i think so um somebody's riding one of those in in atlantis because why not they just retreated further underwater great yeah. Oh, there's giant fucking like like building size crabs. Sure. Yeah. Why not? There's no reason in the world not to do this. I'm just hoping they um, do
1: even like things that we saw like in Futurama. You know the episode where um where they all go underwater because they're fishing and then Fry meets the mermaid from Atlanta and they're like they're they're basically there's like a volcanic steam vent so they're like they're they're catching prawn and like cooking like cooking the the shrimp like on like on the volcanic steam vent. I want stuff like that.
0: There's like, no different... the reason in the world not to do that. Absolutely, right, exactly. Yeah, because that's what you well, do. The, in 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 uh, not the most recent run, but in the new 52 arc of uh, of Aquaman, in the first issue, the, the first issue ends. So, so one of the things Jeff Johns was trying to do was he was trying to to sort of like uh, cultivate, for lack of a better term, but like talk about the public perception of the character, and he had it be that. Even within the DC universe, people thought Aquaman was silly. Um, and so like, you know, Aquaman shows up to a place and they're like, yeah, hey, what are you going to do, man? There's no fish here. And he's like, yeah, I can do other shit, man. Um, but the end of the issue has him go to uh, this local seafood restaurant. That's right on the shore and order like a fried seafood platter. And everybody goes, Oh, what? I, I, I thought they were your friends. And he goes, what do you think we eat in Atlantis? <laughs> and they all kind of go, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he lives underwater, which means that he eats food from underwater, which means he eats fish. Um, but yeah, uh, this, and and it's, uh, it's just such so a goddamn silly. But um, yeah, man, like he, it's just a really cool character that, uh, for a long time, just didn't get his due, and it was mostly because of you know pop culture perception bleeding into oh uh, basically it was it was popular culture telling subculture how to feel about a thing, and that led yeah. to this weird shame about you know this character that can do really cool shit. There's a moment in Grant Morrison's JLA run, which if you haven't read the JLA run from the late nineties up through the early two thousands. Uh, it started with Grant Morrison. Then it was written by Mark Wade and it was written by Joe Kelly. You are missing out on some of the best superhero comics of the last 20 years. I say that with no hyperbole. It is fucking amazing. Justice league doom. The animated, uh, uh, DC movie is straight up a, a story arc of Mark Wade's, uh, during that JLA run called tower of Babel. Um, it's just really goddamn good. But the first story in, uh, in Morrison's run, the, 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 the first arc that, that starts off the entire series, um, has a team of superheroes show up to Earth. And they all have crazy, badass powers. Um, they're super strong. They're super fast. Uh, and they all look like you know, new versions of the JLA. And you get this reveal... Um, in the middle of the story, that they're not um, they're not human. They're all Martians, but they're all white Martians. And Morrison introduces this I- idea that um, on Mars there were multiple kinds of Martians, and, and the, the the white Martians that show up in in Supergirl are from Mor- Grant Morrison's JLA run, mm. um, and. There's, you know, once once, you know, they, they managed to capture the JLA and, you know, they, they've they comp- that's what it is. They completely win over not just the American public, but like the world at large. And they're doing, you know, seemingly more things to help human beings than the JLA is doing. Um, and so, you know, the, the public perception kind of drops with the Justice League and the White Martians are, you know, as this new superhero team are able to. Um, you know, in the, sort of in the shadows, kidnap and capture the entire JLA, except for Batman. Batman's the only one who gets away. And there's this great moment where Superman's tied up uh, and, you know, super weak and and just in really bad shape and Batman gets away. And, and, and one of the, you know, one of the Martians is like, you know, well, he's, you know, he's, what is he going to do? He's just a man. And Superman kind of laughs. He goes, he's the most dangerous man on the planet. And it's this moment where, where like, the White Martians are like, "the, the did the Kryptonian just say that this human being is super dangerous?" <laughs> oh no! Um, but anyway, so once once you know shit hits the fan and everybody starts really you know really fighting, uh, one of the Martians goes to attack Aquaman, and dude just drops to the ground and starts having a seizure, and. Everybody kind of stops and is like, what just happened? Aquaman's like, oh, I used my powers to attack his reptile brain and I gave him an aneurysm. Everyone's like, what? What? That's a thing you can do? <laughs> he's like, yeah. How do you think I communicate with sea life?
1: When were you able to do that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of those like, it, it it's it's it takes somebody like Grant Morrison who is super creative and who does do a lot of he the hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> um, to really explore, you know, well, what can you do with these superpowers? Like Morrison during his JLA run made electric Superman cool in one story arc, two separate times. It's fucking awesome. Um, but it's just, you know, a, a, a practical thought of like, all right, he can do, he has this power. Great. What does that power mean? And how does that function and how does that present itself, uh, in, you know a uh, practical uh, uh, circumstance um like all right well aquaman can can communicate with animals well animals don't have higher functioning brains so they can't like talk so what's he actually doing and what he's doing is he's just he's controlling them he's pushing them all right like you know i keep coming back to sharks because sharks are badass um <laughs> all right there's a great white or talking tiger shark whatever um, I want it to attack someone great. I'm just going to push it in that direction and, and, and implant that instinct in its brain, go fight. That's all I need to do. So it's, it's not that he's, you know, having, you know, uh, uh, conversations with, you know, fucking pike and shit. He's controlling this animal, um, with just enough of a push and giving it in the right, you know, pushing it in the right direction and letting it do what it's, you know, instinctually going to do. Um, so yeah, like, so just on the surface, like, yeah, he's super strong. He's super fast. Uh, cause again, he lives underwater. So if he's able to move, like we move in air, but underwater, if he's in the air, then he can move that much faster and that much, uh, uh stronger. Um, but,
1: it's like those guys. Yeah. If you go to the gym, those guys who train with like those those masks on to simulate what wait. it's like to be up in the Alps and shit like that. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. This like, guy's yeah. like he's he's stronger than you because he's training harder. Yeah. You know, like you're boned.
0: Percent. Yep. It's 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 yeah. the marathon runners that run in the in like high altitudes. Yeah. Um. Can you, it's can you? it's fucking Goku and Vegeta training training under like a hundred times gravity. There,
1: there it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was, wait- <laughs> I was waiting for now, one of you guys to make that yeah. difference. So. <laughs> yeah. It's That's not going to be me because right. I'm not a huge Dragon Ball Z person, but I knew it. I knew the reference, and I was like, wait for it. One of these guys is going to do it. There, ah, there it is. There it is. Um, Rambo, if if you were going to recommend some some comics that people may, maybe might be able to pick up. I mean, we only got like a couple weeks before this movie comes out. But yeah. like, if, if people wanted to go pick up some Aquaman stuff that is going to give them an idea of, of what this character is like, other than um, just, he's charming, just he's got long means-
2: hair. Yeah. Excuse me as the example, because I've, I've never read one. So what would you recommend for someone like me? So Peter
0: David had a good long run on Aquaman. Um, honestly, the entire thing is worth picking up. Um, but if you were looking for like specific things to go to, um, there are a handful of stories. Uh, the first one I'll mention is one of the more recent ones. And it is, it's Jeff Johns uh, opening Aquaman story. Uh, for the from the new fifty two, I believe it's called the Trench, uh, and it, and at least part of this movie is based on that. Um, uh, the you know what as Mike mentioned earlier about the uh, the weird anglerfish guys, um, they're in the movie. Like you can see them in the trailer, um, and it's it's you know the classic uh, uh, sea monster story of there's a thing. It's either we've taken its food source or we've disturbed it and woken it up and drawn attention to us. Uh, so now it's going to come to the surface and destroy everybody, but yeah, they're fucking terrifying. They're, they're, uh, humanoid, um, creatures with anglerfish heads and the giant, like crazy knife razor teeth. Um, and they're, yeah, they're awful and terrifying. Um, but yeah, so that first volume, I mean, honestly, the first couple volumes of that, of, of his run are really worth picking up. Um, aside from that, Uh, There is um, Will Pfeiffer wrote a story called Sub Diego uh, back in the mid 2000s. What happens is the city of San Diego just breaks off of uh, 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 the California landmass and drops into the water and a bunch of people die. But a bunch of people start breathing water. And the story is like, well, one, how the fuck is that possible? Uh, But two, who did this? Um, And now Aquaman doesn't have to just deal with the oceans. He has to deal with this transition of people who were, you know, air breathing human beings who are now living under here. Like everything we do and everything and, and all the ways that we function as humans functions based on the fact that we're a you know, we're on dry land and that we breathe air. So when you completely change the, you know, the fundamentals of how a creature, you know, lives and exists, how do you deal with food? And, you know, uh, uh, um, how do you, you know, how do you go to school? How do you, uh, handle, um, you know, infrastructure for jobs and stuff. So he kind of becomes like sheriff effectively, of this entire city um, and has to not just watch. It it becomes a very direct Aquaman having to watch out for this group of human beings um, and help them with the transition while at the same time solving this, uh, this mystery. Um, But yeah, man, like I said, I definitely recommend the, the, the JLA run. Um, He shows up, uh, I think he's like one of the big seven on the team through shit probably the first 30 40 issues if not longer um and honestly just if you see his name on something if you see that character pop up on a place and you trust the creative team pick it up it's worth reading um dan abnett um has been writing aquaman for a long time Uh, i think he just wrapped up his run on the book um for aquaman rebirth um and that whole run has been solid. Uh, it is, you know, it it it, it opens with an Atlantean um, uh, ambassador, uh, not, uh, embassy uh, embassy being opened, and fucking uh, uh, Black Manta shows up and is like "fuck this shit" and just starts blowing it up and trying to frame the Atlanteans. Um, which, real quick, Black Manta, uh, Black Manta. Uh, Human scientist who um, was revealed uh, uh, once you finally got him out of the armor. Black American man who was sick and tired of dealing with the bullshit from um, uh, bullshit and racism of being a black man in America. And he's like, "Fuck this! I'm going to the ocean." And he shows up, and there's a blonde hair, blue eyed white man. <laughs> <who's> <laughs> like, hey, fuck you! Knock it off! <laughs> and he's like, seriously? I can't deal. With, I gotta. I can't escape this shit. Um, so a yeah, good,
1: Black a good super villain justification right there. I mean, uh, like, yeah, I, I could understand that.
0: Uh, <laughs> among other things, like it, it's 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 yeah, it's you know, racism definitely plays a part of it. Um, but yeah, there's a whole thing in John's run about um, the part Arthur plays in the death of um, Black Manta's father and how he's like, all right, well, I'm I'm going to murder you. Uh, I'm like, I just, just to, 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 um, seek vengeance for, for the death of my father. Uh, and of course there's more to it than that. But, um, uh, but yeah, man, uh, Jeff John's run is definitely worth picking up, uh, from the new 52, uh, Dan Abnett and Brad Walker, uh, did, um, oh yeah. And Ivan race draws all of Jeff John's run, which is fucking, it's beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dan Abnett and Brad Walker did the majority of, uh, the beginning of Abnett's run on Aquaman, which is the run that follows Jeff Johns' uh, Jeff Johns's um, uh, for Aquaman Rebirth, um, and yeah, it's like I said, if if you see the character and you're even remotely interested, and it's a creator you you like or trust, pick it up. It's probably worth reading.
1: Um, real quick, I, I'm reading over the powers and abilities of Black Manta, and I need we need to discuss this real quick. Okay, because. If people look into this, this, this could be interesting. Um, let, me read, let me read word for word what the Wikipedia says. Black man possesses a keen scientific mind and is an expert in mechanical engineering and military tactics. Despite being a skilled hand-to-hand combatant and swordsman, he generally relies more on technology and strategic planning than f- direct physical confrontations. As a result of the serum that cured him of his autism... Black Manta possesses some degree of advanced stamina and endurance. Like let, let's just stop right there and not read any further. <laughs> Tell me you guys see where I'm why I'm stopping this and and saying, "Hold up. Wait a second. This, this seems problematic
0: here." Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, like what?
0: That's not that's a thing I didn't even know existed.
1: Yeah, like it cured him of his autism. Uh I would see. like to know where I mean the character was written in what the 70s like uh 67 yeah, yeah. uh character first appeared in Aquaman September of 67 he's is a ruthless underwater based mercenary and killer who is usually depicted as the arch-enemy of superhero Aquaman so um uh, hmm i'm that's. i just find that interesting that that that's the i mean again too i mean like you want to go back to
0: the uh, late okay she looks or, like no, no, no. It was it was much more recent than that. Um, there was an Aquaman series in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, and there's a it's a retelling of his origin. Yeah. Uh, origin story, and you get Aquaman as an uh, Aquaman, a uh, Black Manta rather of yeah. his origin. Um, Aquaman number eight by Rick Veitch. Uh, you get Black Man as a child, an autistic child. Um, he's sent to Arkham Asylum. Um, Whoa.
1: The Arkham Asylum, the the prison-slash-mental asylum for the criminally insane. They send a so, child with autism to the place for the criminally insane. Are you serious?
0: There is a, a website called uh, Culture Crossfire, um, and they had a column called Horrible Origins in Comic Books. Oh, my God. And uh, um, this is from 2013 by a guy named B. Patrick. Um, and this, this one is origin story of Black Manta. Uh, and yeah, so an excerpt from that is as follows. Um, Aquaman number eight, we once again get Black Manta as a child, an autistic child. Due to his autism, his ch- this child is sent to Occam Asylum. Makes perfect sense. Autistic kid really deserves to be shipped to the holding pen of the criminally insane. Uh, the child struggled when they put him to bed. It was as if the sheets hurt him, so they would strap him down. There was one time where the child was calm and relaxed, when he was placed in freezing cold water. But Arkham, mainly used to dealing with sealer killers and the deranged, didn't quite seem trained for a boy with autism. This could be a zany sitcom, right? Nope, just another depressing origin story for Manta. But that's not all. How did the autistic boy become the villain he would all, we would all associate with the King of Atlantis? Doctors of Arkham started experimenting on the boy, as you do. The experiments were able to help the boy not have, have uh, many of the challenges associated with autism. However, those experiments were not perfect. The boy would be more focused, but ga- but gain a violent streak, and it just gets worse from there. Um, uh, yeah, it leads to him uh, just you know, getting really fucking violent, attacking people. Um, there's a whole like sympathetic villain thing, you know, tying it you know, similarly to like a Batman the animated series. Um, it seems like a lot of this comes from a, you know, it's from, it's from 15 years ago. So a, then I don't want to say like, you know, well, it was a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago, but it was a, a clearly a, a complete lack of understanding of what autism is and why it should or shouldn't be used uh, for a character ordinance story, particularly you know, if it's seen as, a disease to be cured as opposed to just the way a person's brain functions. Um,
2: Jesus Christ.
1: They're like, he's got autism. Let's send him to Arkham. What the fuck? Yeah. Like Batman probably has autism. Like if you really (laughs) want to break it down like he's just uncaring is only is like single mind focused like you give him like hey we need you to figure out how to stop superman and you have 2 days to figure it out he's going to figure out how to do it you know who can't figure that out regular people you know who can autistic people like <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying i'm offended i don't want to say that but my son is autistic and like to think, like he's he's got his issues you know just like any other regular person on the face of the planet but right. like damn that is some like, and who who approved this? That's my question. <laughs> it's like, when you were like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make Black Manta's backstory. He's going to be autistic. I think people really just like at that time, they were just like, oh, yeah, oh, interesting. And they didn't know. So they were like, yeah, yeah that's an interesting backstory. Like, I, I don't know. Hopefully they don't bring that up in this movie. Because if they do, that might be, that that might just pretty much kill it. Like, that yeah.
0: Yeah. I would be very surprised if that happened. I mean, the um, only the
1: only way that they could do it is if they did a very similar. And DC's not really known for this yet in their movies, but if they do a very similar to what like the Marvel uh, TV shows have done with their villains, think about what they do with Kilgrave, where you've got this thing that's a problem and it causes you issues. You know, like he's he's like an like a totally incapable of functioning autistic. And they're like, listen, we have this experimental procedure that might help him with this. Okay, all right. The parents agree yeah. to it. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it he becomes that violent streak like you were saying. Maybe that would work. But, like, hopefully they just don't talk about it. It's like, why is why is Black Manta such a jerk? He's just a jerk. And that's the end of it. Like, because this is... Wow. My
0: I, I will say, my one concern about this movie is yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah, there is. Um. You know, in terms of villains, you have both Black Manta and Ocean Master, uh, which is Aquaman's brother, Orm, um, mm-hmm. as played by Patrick Wilson. Um, you know, and that's not including, you know, the the trench monsters, um, which we're going to get. You know, it, it's... It, considering the fact that this is sort of like everyone's initial exposure to these characters to jam them all into this one movie is a concern. Um, but, uh, hey, who knows? You know, yeah, fingers I mean, crossed.
2: I mean, that's what DC's been doing anyway. I mean, they, they on a larger scale, that's how, you know, Justice League and all these other characters even got introduced to begin with because instead of taking the time in the world build, they were like, yep, one Superman movie. Now we'll to introduce Batman and Wonder Woman, not Justice League. Instead of actually doing some some kind of world building here, so I mean, perhaps they've learned from that and they'll do a better job since you know this is just a solo movie with with uh, Aquaman here and go. his characters.
1: Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I guess Yahya Abdul Mateen II portrays Black Manta in the 2018 DC Extended Universe film Aquaman, and is set to reprise the role in multiple other upcoming DC EU installments. The version of this character, whose real name is David Kane, as opposed to David Hyde from the comics is an unscrupulous treasure hunting pirate and ruthless high seas mercenary with a flair for creating deadly technological innovations. So it sounds like they ain't even touching this. They're just going to make him a pirate with some cool tech.
0: There you go. Good
2: call DC. Problem solved. Good call
1: DC. Don't even touch that, that, that origin story.
0: There had never been, like until you said something this, like in the last 10 minutes, I had never heard that about that character. Yeah. Um, but yeah like yeah you know, cures his autism you're like but that's wait what <laughs> that's not, <laughs> i don't think you understand how this works wait a second
1: that's that doesn't <laughs> seem right at all but all right okay if you say so uh, i mean you guys are comic book writers you know everything so it's cool yeah. um oh god i can't remember what's the guy's name that um got accused of tracing uh porn for his uh, shots of females in uh god what's the guy's name Oh, Greg Land? Thank you very much, yes.
0: Oh, no, no, no. not not accused. Greg Land lightboxes yeah. porn. Like, he, he's, I don't know if he's talked too much about oh. it, but, like, he has a big, he has a gigantic morgue file that he uses to cut corners and, and, like, you know, be more efficient. I mean, at a certain point, hey, I hear you, man. But do whatever you got to do to get the fucking job done. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh...
1: <laughs> Fuck, like, Marcus, tell me you've seen this stuff, man. Like so yeah dude dude's name is greg land he's an artist and what he does is is like whenever there's like an image for like a female um superhero in one of his books like every facial expression every like arch of the back like all of it is like it's just ripped right out of porn it's ridiculous like it's (laughs) it's so it's it's so ass it's I can't. Even, I don't even have words for it. I'm so pissed off. Like it's just like when you see it, and it's just so blatantly obvious. You're like, dude, really? Like is is this how you see women, or is this like how you wish you could see them? Or like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? Like it's right. It's it's bad. So
2: I, I just googled his name, and the first thing that comes up is a 20 minute YouTube video with all with all of the side by sides that he's done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah. <sighs> this this devolved really quickly and I didn't mean for it.
2: <laughs> we
1: went from talking about Aquaman and I'm like I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. I think this sounds dope. The movie looks cool. It looks like it's going to be fun. I'll definitely check this one out. And more importantly, it doesn't seem like it's um it, it seems like DC's really course corrected and they're not going to be doing this dark shit anymore and they're going to be doing things that are meant to be fun and exciting and not this whatever the hell they were doing before. So, like, I feel like we're going to get this with the, with the new Aquaman movie. Shazam looks like that's going to be a lot of fun, too. Um, yep. What I wanted to do, if, if you guys got a couple minutes here, because um, now, because Rambo, you are on, you have finished all of season three of Daredevil, correct? I have. Okay. I think, and, and Steve might be a little bit upset, but he'll understand because we talked about it earlier. Uh, we had talked about this on Friday's episode of the podcast, but due to a technical error, and by technical error i mean i accidentally deleted the file um, oh no <laughs> yeah it was it was really stupid you know like you know how you you've been taught how to do things a certain way for like your entire life and like for whatever reason you just get like a wild hair up your ass and you're like i'm not going to do it that way this time because i got this all figured out cuz i'm i'm smarter i'm I, i'm not going to need this and then you it bites you in the ass and you're just like now i know why they taught me how to do this thing yeah i literally like created the file with all the audio files on there and i was like okay i'm not going to create a separate audio file for me to work in i didn't have a like a a fail safe and i was like i can do all of this in this one file because i'm awesome and i'm great and hubris bit me in the ass so hard it was like oh you think you got it all figured out hey you know what'd be really funny is if you got two of these three episodes done and then the third episode just you deleted it accidentally (laughs) dumbass there you go enjoy (laughs) merry christmas Hooray! (laughs) But at any rate, um, we'll kind of close this out here. Um, Aquaman, this—you did not say anything that made me think that my initial perspective on this was wrong. I still want to see this movie. This looks awesome. This looks dope. The only question that I had for you was: there hasn't been—I mean, have you seen or heard of any backlash from anybody where they were just like, "Well, uh, you know, he's supposed to look like this," or like nobody really seems to care, do they?
0: Um well, no, there's always a vocal minority in terms of people who were like, Tosh now, what do you fucking look like? Yeah. <laughs> um and for the most part it it's I mean it, it's 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 the same people it usually is, which is it is a lot of older comic fans who are just resistant to change overall. It is it hasn't been nearly as big a backlash as a lot of things are. Um so, yeah, it's older comic fans that are, that are much more resistant to change. It is, you know, just some flat-out racists who are, who are upset about, you know, perfect Aryan-looking superhero being turned into a uh, giant brown man that everyone wants to have sex with. Um, it's, you know, a lot of... I mean, it, it's those people. That's really what it comes down to. Feel. Yeah. Um, and it... Because, you know, the character is seen as very silly... Um, and, and, you know, you, you, you get more of a, you, you have a little more, more room to work with because, uh, people just don't care as much. Um, but with that said, you know, there was plenty of backlash about Adris Salva as Heimdall. And if you had asked, you know, a dozen people who the fuck Heimdall was before that whole thing happened, the same people who were crying foul would have had no idea. Yeah. So. I just, um,
1: I find it interesting and it's, it's, it makes me feel better about myself and my friends that I didn't hear a single person say anything about Heimdall before the movies came out or after the movies came out. And that just makes me feel good about myself because it means my friends aren't racist. So good job guys. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Congratulations. (laughs) You win. (laughs) Um, yeah, Rambo, thanks, man. I mean, I appreciate you really being able to give us some some insight on Aquaman. Um,
2: yeah. Actually, I do have one. For, I do have a uh, question for him.
0: What's up, man? Uh,
2: so just as far as the depiction, how, it is Jason Momoa going to be a good Aquaman, in your opinion, just based on what you read of the character? Because, you know, a lot of people were, were not particularly happy with, like, the um, – uh, depiction of batman you know in this this recent run of the extended universe but based on what you know is jason momoa going to like is, is he going to be a comic accurate version of of the character
0: i my initial my, my, my knee-jerk response is no but that isn't necessarily a problem um mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons not the least of which is if you want the nerdy explanation it is well, obviously, this is a parallel universe, so sure, things should be different. Um, but there is a, a – no, I don't say a canon, but there is a pre-existing version of this character that is fairly in line with the sort of, like, big, uh, uh, like braggadocious, uh, um, full-of-himself character – or, or v- version of this character – And it's Aquaman from the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Um, The Batman Brave and the Bold series, if you haven't watched it, you absolutely should. It's phenomenal. Um, Is, one, really funny. And two, as in places, darker than Batman the Animated Series. Um, But they're very sneaky about it. Because it is so bright and silly and shiny. That when something horrible happens you're it's easier to look past and be like look how silly this show is and you're like that just they just killed a baby um and (laughs) so the aquaman yeah nobody dude there's an episode of that show that flat out implies bruce wayne is is responsible for the death of his parents because he was an asshole on christmas um yeah (laughs) it's fucking (laughs) brutal so right real quick um (laughs) There's an episode, uh, so every episode of the show was a crossover between Batman and another major character, another major DC character. Okay. Um, and, or not any major character, just character. Uh, the cold open for every show would be a like D or F list, uh, uh, hero or villain that would show up, um, and have a quick little, you know, sort of like a, a brief adventure or, or attack against, uh, Batman and, that would lead into the main uh, uh, plot for the episode. And there's one episode that is a Christmas episode uh, where Aqu- uh, Aquaman, Batman and the Red Tornado team up. And the Red Tornado is an android and someone makes mention of the Christmas spirit. And he's like, does not compute. Uh, and so he's trying to figure out what the Christmas spirit is. So the whole episode, he's just trying to make sense of it. So he's like the rest, like wearing Christmas sweaters and he brings Batman a present. And, you know, it's just all this, you know, kind of like adorable shit that, you know, this robot can't figure out. Um, and Batman is very turned off to Christmas. So we're not really sure why. And, and they tell us in flashback, which all the flashbacks are in black and white. Um, they tell us in flashback that when Bruce Wayne was, you know, 10 or 11 years old, um, we see him come down uh, the, the, you know to the, the, the Christmas tree on, uh, you know, we assume uh, Christmas Eve. Um, and he goes over to the tree, and it's like, okay, Bruce, you can open one present. And he goes and he picks it up, and he sh- and he shakes, and he's says, I deduce by the the sound of this box, and the, and the, the weight and the feel of it that this is a such and such action figure that I've wanted for you know you know, and I'm and I'm very excited. And he opens it up, and it's a nutcracker. And he looks at it, and he looks at his dad, and his father's like. Uh, you know, son, this is a, this is a Wayne family tradition. My my great great grandfather gave it to his son, and then you know my great grandfather gave it to him, and da da da, all the way down the line. And now I'm giving it to you. And Bruce looks back at it, looks at his father again, and he goes, "This isn't what I wanted." And he chucks it at the fireplace, where it explodes into a dozen pieces.
1: Oh, Bruce.
0: And then he <laughs> runs out of the room like an asshole. And <laughs> and Thomas Wayne, like his head drops. And he kind of sighs and he's like, Oh, okay. And we see Alfred and you know, start to, to sweep it up. And so later on in the episode, we get another flashback where the, where young Bruce and, and his parents are out and he, and, you know, Thomas goes, you know, you know, Bruce, we, we know that you were disappointed by the gift we got you earlier. So we decided that, you know, maybe you would have fun if we went to the movies and Bruce goes, can we just go home? And I go, yeah, we can go home. And you see them walking down the street, and they turn down an alley. Oh no! And the camera holds, oh. and they walk into this darkened alley, and you see two bright lights go off <laughs> inside the alley, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> Bruce! It. Way to kill your parents. <laughs> if if he Good job, could, guys. like, thank you for the gift. <laughs> <laughs> they would have stayed inside. Um,
1: well, I mean, that, that kind of fits, though, because, like, if you remember in um, – even in the Nolan depiction when um, they were talking about – like, basically, he got scared of uh, – they were seeing deflator mouse. And he was scared because it looked like the bat, and it was freaking him out, and, like, they left sure. early, so he blamed himself for it. So, I mean, that kind of guilt always kind of fits with Bruce Wayne, but, yeah, like – I didn't read adding that extra subtext of he was a annoying little prick about his Christmas gift. Yeah. Like, it, that, that does.
0: It's, it, it's a much more, you know, it's not direct, but it's a much more direct yeah. uh, version of that kind of thing. Um, fuck. sorry. Real, uh, one, one more thing real yeah. quick. Yeah. Cause <laughs> this show is really goddamn good. Yeah. Um, there's an episode where the specter and the phantom stranger get into an argument about Batman. And the Phantom Stranger says that Batman is an agent of justice. And the Spectre says, bullshit, Batman is an agent of vengeance. Um, And just to make it extra nerdy and extra fun, Mark Hamill is the voice of the Spectre. And uh, Kevin Conroy is the voice of the the Phantom Stranger. Um, And so they decide to do, you know, things that cosmic entities do, which is they basically, you know, place a bet. And the bet is if Bruce Wayne met the man who killed his parents, would he murder him? And so, <laughs> um, it's the one time during the series where Batman takes off the cowl and we see Bruce Wayne, um, Batman meets Joe chill. He unmasks himself. Uh, I'm pretty sure he pulls a gun on him and he reveals like, you did this. You created Batman, and Joe Chill, who is still a career criminal, um, has to go on living with the fact that he's the one that created the fucking boogeyman. Um, and it's just it's so fucking cool. Wow. Um. Anyway, so
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a really good show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the the Aquaman that shows up in this show and he shows up several times. is voiced by John DiMaggio. Um, he has this big thick beard and, and he, he speaks like he's Brian blessed where he's like, hello, (laughs) I'm Aquaman. And have I told you about the adventure of the time that I fought black Manta? I call it the time that I fought black Manta. (laughs) Um, and he's just like super loud and ridiculous and really over the top. um, and and very much like you know barrel chested you know a uh, uh, silver age hero yeah um so to a certain extent Jason Momoa's Aquaman from what we've seen of him so far he's kind of just leaning in that direction yeah where he's big and silly and fun um
1: kind of like Thor like with uh yeah like Hemsworth yeah yeah uh, yeah
0: and and you know it, it's a matter of because um because again uh, you know in in similar with regard to his you know them casting a, a man of color, um, because the public perception of the character is as, you know, you know, seemingly unimportant. Um, it's not a big deal that they, they take more liberties with the character. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like I like Jason Moore just fine. He's think mean, he's great. He's not someone with like the, the greatest action acting jobs. Uh, he's a big imposing dude who is very charming. He's very funny. Um, and I, I hope that he gets to kind of stretch himself for this role, um, but he's basically playing himself on screen. Yeah. Um, and hey, cool. You know, he's not. He's certainly not the first actor to do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, to you know, long as possible answer to a short question. Um, this is not the most comic accurate version. Um, the new Fifty Two Aquaman was, you know. Uh, uh at least in the justice league run which is that trying to explain how all of that fits together is just a giant pain in the ass um was you know much more kind of a brash guy um and then over time he becomes you know a little more centered a little uh you know you know more of you know royalty um but yeah if i if there was uh going to be any previous depiction of the character that this is most accurate from, it would be the Brave and the Bold Aquaman, um, which you can absolutely see clips and stuff on, like, YouTube uh, to get an idea of of, um, what that looks like. I mean, shit, there's an episode where uh, Aquaman takes Mira and Aqualad on a road trip and because they're from Atlantis, they've never seen, you know, they've never seen the United States, so they're driving around in a goddamn camper um and a fucking like a rented rv nice. uh like you know going and like seeing the uh, uh mount rushmore and shit and it's awesome uh, um
1: that is pretty cool actually um yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I like how pretty much every episode that we have you on rambo it ends up becoming hey let's talk about this thing and then you end up becoming it goes right back to the the premise that we actually created an image for which is the james rambo's don't watch shitty media like <laughs> you just give us all of these great recommendations for things that we can watch Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more of our podcasts and all of our great articles. This
2: has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. Yeah, boy!